Welcome back, Intimates. I'm excited to find you experts to talk about love, connection, non-monogamy, polyamory, relationship anarchy, group sex, kink, commitment, and lots of other intimacy and relationship topics. Let's live our best lives together by unlearning stigma and getting clear on what we really want. Don't know what to ask for? I have loads of ideas for you. Of course, none of this would be possible without the support of my amazing Patreon supporters or my current hosts, the Musqueam First Nation on whose unceded lands this podcast was made and this human was born. If you want to support more intimate interactions, you can say thank you by supporting us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. Patreon supporters also get every episode of the podcast ad-free with short intros and outros. I know funds are not an option for some of you lovely humans, but don't fret, there are other ways you can help out. You can help make more intimate interactions by just telling someone you listen to this podcast. Or if you're feeling especially generous, you can share a link to an episode you like and discuss it with a friend or partner, or even leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting site. Help other humans interested in more intimacy and better relationships find us. If you have your own podcast, shout us out. Need a podcast guest? Email offers to podcast at victorsalmon.com. I love talking about relationships and intimacy, and I love cross-promotion and working with other podcasters. Okay, let's hear about today's episode. Well, that was a nice session with Sapphire. We're now going to continue and start talking about this phrase, new normal. We've all heard it multiple times with respect to COVID-19, and it can sometimes be daunting, upsetting, and even panic-inducing. Adapting to this idea of a new normal is something that many chronically ill or disabled folks, however, already understand thoroughly. So the knowledge is out there, and folks know how to help you cope with this thing that's happening in your life and in your world. So if you have any questions, if you want to know how to better support yourself or build connected networks of folks who can help support one another, you can always write in to the show. Feel free to post on our Facebook group or otherwise interact with us, and we will make sure to ask Sapphire those questions and get back to you with their answers. Sapphire is, in my opinion, one of the great people to ask about these sort of things because Sapphire has adjusted to an idea of a new normal so many times. As is not uncommon with chronically ill people, we talk about grief and loss. Grieving is a tremendously important skill and something that I believe Sapphire is a bit of a veteran for. When you hear from someone who has had cancer before and beat it, and who has cancer now and things are currently looking optimistic, when you hear from someone who has lived as a chronically ill person for other reasons, all of those things teach a human how to accept, how to cope, how to manage, how to grieve. Life sucks right now. All we can do is self-care really hard and remind each other how much we love each other and do our best to support each other. Good luck, friends. So I will welcome everyone to another session of Intimate Interactions. I'm sitting here with my friend Sapphire. Sapphire, would you like to introduce yourself? Um, hi, I'm Sapphire. I am a non-binary person. I use they, them pronouns. I'm also queer and poly and kinky and chronically ill. And I have a parent. And <laughs> so I'm a lot of, I feel like I wear a lot of hats, which mm -hmm. is good because I don't have any hair. <laughs> Because I'm also going through cancer treatment. Yes. <laughs> I've been definitely you, been rocking the hats. Don't, you have to laugh. You have to. I do. <laughs> I do. Because if I don't laugh, I'll cry. Yes. Yeah, so. Uh, so speaking of speaking of that, if you don't mind, are you are you finished with the intro? Do you yeah, yeah. Just I was going to say, it? I was like, speaking of cancer and that and, right. and that tangentially is like covid and cancer and the world well, we live in <laughs> new normals yeah. right because like whether it's pronouns 
surgery, like top surgery, mm-hmm. whether it's um, hysterectomy or whether it's COVID. Yeah. You've done an, a metric fuck ton. That is the exact unit <laughs> yep. of adjusting to new normals yes. over the last year. Yes. Yes. I'm, I can't believe how many new normals you've had to adapt to. What was the cancer diagnosis? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's crazy. This is so much. I, Where do you want to start? Um, I mean, the I've been dealing like the COVID stuff has been for me pretty much since the day that the be- pandemic was declared in mid-March. I have tried my best to adapt to it, where I was like, I don't leave the house without a mask. I wash my hands mm-hmm. ridiculously much, much, like much. Yeah. much. Um, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I try and listen to the guidelines of of six feet and follow the arrows on the floor. And you know, mm-hmm. my I was working at the time, and my work didn't shut down because I was working at a paint store. So we're we were kind of an essential service because we were supplying paint to the con, uh, construction industry. So mm-hmm. we couldn't really completely shut down. <laughs> Right. But we closed our doors and we were doing curb by curbside services. So I had to learn, like, we had to adjust to that and figure all that out, um, mm-hmm. which was interesting. And then it was also at school, too, and figuring that out. And, and, and then, like, right as the pandemic hit, school went basically paused and said, we're not doing it classes and this was like right at the end of my term i'm like oh okay just tell me what to, what to do <laughs> just mm-hmm. so i'd like submit all my final stuff online and they had to adjust things and that was interesting i got it done <laughs> i passed i graduated i finished on my second diploma yay awesome <laughs> but it was interesting and and so the last six months has always been like okay what now and mm-hmm. so like when i got my cancer diagnosis the adjustment to um that wasn't it was huge don't get me wrong but it was like a lot of the stuff that they suggest for cancer patients goes in line with what people they suggest for covid is like wash your hands a lot because you're trying to avoid getting sick um so wash your hands a lot stay away from people who are sick i haven't left my house really in six months um you know avoid crowds avoid large groups i'm like yep yep those are all things that i'm not already doing so, you know you know mm-hmm. but it's 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 challenging because especially since my diagnosis and because bc is opening back up in this last right. few months i find it it's incredibly anxiety inducing because I'm doing the best to protect myself by like, I don't like I wear a mask. I wash my hands. I maintain my six, right. feet, six feet of distance. If people are like, line up here, I line up there. I follow the arrows in the, in in the right. grocery store store. I haven't, you know, I haven't been to Costco in four, three months, four months since my diagnosis, because there's too many people, you know, I haven't been out anywhere, you know, I went to Metrotown the other day, but we parked right by the store, went in, got shoes for Ash, came right back out. <laughs> right. You know, and and stuff like that. So it's like I and I've seen this meme many times. Is that like I feel like I'm carrying the burden of everybody else out there who are like going on holidays and out to dinner and just wandering around doing their own things because mm-hmm. they feel like COVID is Yeah. 
not relaxed. Serious. And I'm like, it's not. It really hasn't. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> yeah, they say in BC it's one out of five that and, is and, the, um, and, the skeptical yeah, person. And, uh, the gear up to for the kids to go back to school our youngest is in grade 12 <laughs> has been so anxiety inducing because i'm like our bubble has been basically the four of us plus my best friend and their partner pretty much for like six months i've seen a few right. other people in social distance visited visiting when they've dropped off food f for like to help through my cancer treatments and stuff mm -hmm. or other things mm -hmm. but like my our bubble has been basically six people for, for at least four months <laughs> right so uh, for the vancouver school board and my kids school and the government to tell me that my kids bubble was going to go from that to 120 kids was like no <laughs> mm -hmm. i don't care how safe you say it is no because <laughs> it's not yeah. just that 120 people it's a hundred it's, it's each of those 120 people's families and everything buddy right. they're in contact plus my kid has to transit to and from school oof yeah i'm like no and i'm like and i'm like hey i i, I emailed uh my kid's high school which is britannia and they have been amazing don't get me wrong britannia is an amazing school and they can only do so much within their guidelines from the vancouver school board and the government Right. And then uh, I understand that they have, I don't know how many kids they're dealing with, a lot probably, and they have to deal with them all. <laughs> I can't imagine right. what they're going through. It's a lot. But it also feels mm -hmm. like the email I got back from them was like, well, it's your choice to keep your kid home and they're going to learn, visit, you know, um, miss out the opportunity of face-to-face -face in instruction. I'm like, this is not a choice. <laughs> right. No, they, no, I, I'm going through chemo. Help? Hello? <laughs> Yeah, like online anything yeah so we're trying to work it out but it's it's been challenging and and stressful just, and anxiety inducing because there's just and i said to this to the school and i've i've tried to reach out to like our mla and tweeting the government and stuff like i'm going through chemo there is no way that this is safe for me particularly or my family <laughs> yep and i i know a number of folks because i am a chronically ill person i i'm part of the mm -hmm. spoonie community and a spoonie is somebody who's chronically ill you know this but yes. your, your podcasters may not um, of course no I, I always appreciate when you explain things like that because i mean sometimes i do it too and when yeah. i do it i'm always worried it's going to come across as like mansplaining even though i don't identify as a man so i'm like yeah. yes for the love of god over explain things and i don't need to like chime in and sound yeah. like i'm like telling yeah. you about your condition yeah yeah so a spoonie is somebody who's, who's chronically ill though there's other languages people use because the spoon theory has evolved but that's another topic right um right but you know i know a number of folks because i'm in like a number of online mostly facebook groups of of queer spoonies and other spoonies and mm -hmm. stuff about talking about and other families who are who are immunocompromised who are like yeah no i'm not sending mm -hmm. my kid to school <laughs> right like it could literally kill me yeah yeah um I, like, oh, I, I don't remember, want my kid to feel responsible. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. My another friend of mine, I finally remember what the condition is. Ulcerative colitis. That's it. It's related to. <laughs> sorry. This is how my brain works. Totally. <laughs> it takes a minute. <laughs> but yeah, like I know a number of people who are, you know, you know, compromised. Their immune systems are compromised. And they're just, just like, yeah, no, I know. 
I don't care what the government or the, or Vancouver School Board or anybody says. This is this is not safe for us, and and right. especially the the I. I I try not to, but I also have to keep on top of it because I have to. I want to make sure I'm aware of it. But the numbers in BC keep going up, and it scares me. <laughs> we are well into our second wave upswing. Yeah. We are currently at the largest number of cases we've had to date in the pandemic. Yeah, this and, September and, and the twenty second, and it's it's terrifying. It is terrifying. I in rest and also retrospect, I occasionally on somewhat regular basis check out the numbers from the states and go oh okay oh, it's astounding <laughs> I, I don't even understand and like if five percent of the people who are infected end up with chronic long-term symptoms yeah. i'm like that's this is gonna scary. destroy the economy yeah yeah that's scary too the the yeah the, that is so scary the, I, I find it overwhelming a lot but i'm trying to keep aware of it within my own bandwidth mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of what's because the information on covid constantly changes because it is new it is so new and so not understood um mm -hmm. about how how it transmits how it affects people the long-term effects that it has on on people and it's it's scary i try and keep on top of it but i also don't want to be overwhelmed by it and it's, it's mm -hmm. so scary so yeah it's like and fitting for today, actually, I was just thinking about this today, is today is Mabon. It's the first day of fall. And so we're okay. going into the flu season, the colder season, the winter, the darker times of the year. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. <laughs> and and that makes me think about, and I've seen a number of folks post about this, of like, how are we going to adapt to this sort of new normal when we don't have the opportunity to visit with our friends and family in person uh we don't have the opportunity to go out to events and 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 mm -hmm. socialize uh, especially through the darker times of the year because during the summer you could at least go for a walk and it's nice out <laughs> Yep, you true. know, or or like have a socially distant visit with your your friends in a park if if that's something you feel comfortable with or and stuff mm -hmm. like that and and there's been a number of posts about like invest in like patio heaters if you can or or you know or like set up Skype dates or or whatever you know like try and figure out stuff to help you get through the next like three to six to nine months because let's just face this this is vancouver it's going to be gray yeah. and rainy until april <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and certainly any of the nice walks or like hikes around yeah. are going to have snow into yeah. april oh have yeah, yeah have you seen the um environment canada long-term for forecast for vancouver it, don't I, don't look yeah. <laughs> don't look <laughs> Uh, yes, we're apparently going to get dumped on this year. We're going someone, to get a really heavy snowfall this year, and like heavy rainfalls and heavy wind, heavy winds and stuff. I just I just posted to Facebook about how that we're going to be having our first major storm in the next couple of days. And There's a flood warning. Yeah, but I think part of it for me is that I am a pagan. So for me, having every six weeks for me, there's a marker like today's my right. bond which is the first day of fall in six weeks is october 31st is Samhain, which is the pagan new year yeah. and that is another marker another wheel another time a part of the wheel of the year which means time has moved forward and their time has passed and for me that help is helpful is having those markers um mm -hmm. having that 
thing to be like forward to to mark the occasion and and plan for and Mm -hmm. and and not everybody has to be pagan or anything like that but if you sure sure is for me is like i being aware of those things has always made me also made me aware of hey today's sunny let's try and go for a walk (laughs) is being aware of the little things and that is something i want to pass on to any everybody i can is if your self-care if your thing that gets you through the next six months is today is sunny go for it (laughs) if if it's oh today i had a nice cup of tea celebrate that if if it's today i got out of bed and put on pants (laughs) yay as as somebody who is you know pagan chronically ill currently going through chemo and cancer treatment who's Mm -hmm. who's you know struggles with mental health stuff you know i have anxiety and depression and ptsd and all the other stuff i i I deal with some days it's the little wins you gotta take (laughs) Mm-hmm. so yeah i mean this whole new normal thing it sucks it really does mm-hmm. it, it's like we we keep people i say uh, people have been saying and have been saying or like oh when we get back to normal or when this is over or hey you know oop, sorry about that <laughs> i don't know if you heard that i did not okay good uh, <laughs> my <laughs> my computer just gave me a, an alert and i'm like oh <laughs> um and and no one seems to want to admit that we probably won't get ever get back to the, the things the right. way they were pre-covid this is this is something that people with chronic pain and chronic illness understand yeah. that a lot of quote-unquote normies don't seem to get yeah. is this idea that sometimes you've just lost a thing mm-hmm. and you need to grieve mm-hmm. and you need to go through that and come mm-hmm. out on the other side with this sense of acceptance. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing with adjusting is when something catastrophic happens, you lose an ability or you certainly realize, Oh, I can no longer eat any of these foods that I loved and adored. And like the textures and the tastes will now try and kill me if I try and ingest them. Yeah. <laughs> like when you, when you have those experiences of deep loss in ways that are not normalized in society, I think you, yeah, you get to this idea that there are new normals sometimes and that that's okay and that the fastest way to move through them is to accept your loss and grieve and then move forward yeah. in okay what does this new me look like yeah that yeah there is such a stigma and i'm not just talking about like stuff like like covid or like chronically ill stuff but i'm mm-hmm. also talking about like death actual death the, yep. the, the stigma around death especially in north american culture is huge no one mm-hmm. ever talks about people dying. Well, if they do, they say, oh, you know, this person passed away or they're no longer with us or, right. or they're in a better place or, or, or this stuff. Mm-hmm. No one ever says they died or, you know, there's been a death in the family or no one wants to name it because people are scared of it. And it's mm-hmm. totally valid. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. I have had a, a several... Um, <laughs> life-threatening things in my life where it's like hey this is this is a thing that could possibly kill me yeah (laughs) you know like i've mentioned before i've had a complicated medical history one of the first things i ever dealt with is i had a tumor in my jaw when i was 14 that could have been cancer it wasn't interesting but 
it could have been and the fact that I had to deal with that at 14 really colored my life. It really changed my perspective of life. I never really mm-hmm. went through that typical teenage rebellious to an extent I did, but I didn't do it sure. in the same way as my fellow peers did. I didn't drink sure. to excess. I didn't do drugs to an excess. I didn't like do the sort of risky behaviors to an excess as much right. as my peers did because I basically faced my own mortality at 14. <laughs> yeah, that's terrifying. It was. I, that's that's, that's got to change you yeah. as a human. Yeah, and it does. And I wish, and this is something also I try to be transparent, because I am a parent of a trans person, ha ha ha, pun there, um, about on Facebook is grief and death because i have had a number of significant deaths in my family and and most significantly and recently and i'm still grieving over seven ish years later is my dear dear friend andrew he died and it and it devastated me and the community because he was huge in the like the poly the pagan Mm -hmm. and the kinky community and Mm -hmm. he's such a wonderful person i miss him dearly so much and that's something that people don't talk about is it's been like seven years since he passed away and I'm still grieving. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and that's something that people don't talk about a grief and death. And then there's something with grieving something like a drastic change like COVID is that it will keep coming back. It will be less over time, but there will be something that'll be like, oh, Something will remind you of the pre-COVID times and you'll be like, oh, fuck, I used to be able to go dancing or whatever the thing is. Right. And that will bring that grief back up. And you'll be like, and you have to sort of grieve again at that point. And that's something I wish we talked about more Mm -hmm. and there was more talk and, and, and stuff around death and grief right. and how to deal with that as a as human beings because it doesn't go away it's like <laughs> no, the grief is still there it just gets transformed and it's different and it, hopefully you find a way to frame it so it doesn't hurt every time no. you see it in the same way it, it becomes less i will say it becomes yeah. less the pain becomes less over time it's like a it's like a and i've heard this analogy a number of times it's like a scar from surgery or an injury is that when you first get injured or have surgery it really hurts it really sucks it's like vivid and it's painful and you were like oh and i don't want to talk about it and i don't want to look at it and but over time you become i would not say used to it but you adjust to it and it hurts less and it becomes a part of you and and you remember the good things and the things and um there's a sort of a saying in paganism is what what is remembered lives and is celebrating someone's life and memory makes sure that they're remembered and and is their 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 sort of their essence is carried forward and you see this in a number of cultures um Mm -hmm. and and religions too is that if you celebrate the person in the way that you think that they would enjoy um then that their memory lives on and that they're you know who they are sort of still in the world and and the grief Mm -hmm. becomes easier to deal with in that way um like anytime i see 
any kind of like toilet related humor i think of andrew because he was that kind of person (laughs) and you know yeah so and and weird weird stuff like that like being being the weird eclectic queer non-binary person and living authentically me i think honors his memory at least i hope it does (laughs) Mm-hmm. So, it's, and this is something I was really thinking about quite poignantly today about because it is my bomb and there's been a lot of talk about COVID and how do we move forward from this and how do we get through the next, you know, the darker times of the fall and the winter and into the spring uh, because things aren't going to go back to normal we we aren't going to be able to meet in person with our friends and our family and our communities how right. how are we going to do this and and a number of spoonies are like hey come talk to us because <laughs> we know this right. we know how to deal with this because we're we are often limited in what we're able to do and and we right. go sometimes months or years where we're not able to like leave our houses or leave our beds or get you know be able to function and so we have a lot of knowledge and experience in, in dealing with this kind of stuff and how to right. grieve those kinds of losses too so right how to work from home yeah how to work from home you know how to you know connect with your communities virtually or or stuff like that so there there is a wealth of not uh, knowledge out there and i think totally. just excuse me i think that like you said the normals the the able-bodied people the people mm-hmm. who have and I, it's weird for me to think about that that there's there's people out there that don't wake up that wake up and are are pain-free i just i can't wrap my head around that some days (laughs) Mm -hmm. but you know the people who have not experienced a significant illness in their life or have never had surgery or you know have never been chronically ill or a significant part of their life uh, and they are very lucky people but they have no knowledge or experience in this and i'm like but i bet that you know somebody who does yeah absolutely Uh, to to bring this all back to my cancer stuff the bc it's actually the canadian cancer society statistically speaking one in two canadians sometime in their life will get diagnosed with cancer and that's a scary fact one out of two (laughs) one out of two wow yeah i know at some point in your life Right. It might be melanoma. It might be something that's you could deal with fairly easily. Yeah. However, yeah, it is like some people, some folks are, are I'm not going to say lucky because getting cancer, regardless of what it is, sucks. Right. But have an easier time. Like I had yeah. thyroid cancer when I had first time had thyroid cancer. And every doctor I talked to said the cancer you want to get is thyroid cancer because it is the highest survival rate and the most easily treatable. And you end up having yeah. having a slightly long, better, longer lifespan than regular people. <laughs> so it's like literally the second that you were like, I had thyroid cancer. Like the my internal monologue was like um, radioactive iodine, and then I was like slam dunk. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, it's not like that for all people, no. right? Some people do die of thyroid cancer, mm-hmm. but it is a very small number comparatively. Yeah. Statistically yeah. speaking, the most common is the one I had, which is papillary thyroid cancer. Okay. 
Um, and it's the most common out there. And, and it's also like take... super con- like super easily tradable. Mo- most of the time, it's surgery, <laughs> and that's about I it. Would, um, <laughs> honestly, I would I would put melanoma after that. Not no. that I want to like rank all the ways for me no. to narrowly avoid death, no. but like <laughs> skin cancer is still really really high up there. Melanoma is still really high up there because, um, just in terms of like survival rate or well, just in terms like, of numbers? like commonality. I think yeah yeah, yeah. Um, just because there's it's so easy <laughs> like like yep. the knowledge and stuff around how we get skin cancer and treat like how to prevent skin cancer is only a relatively new thing i know mm-hmm. this because my grandfather died of complications of skin cancer because oh, um this was when i was a teenager and he was a wonderful man but he lived in australia so a very sunny climate Yep. And, you know, he was several, this is my grandfather, so several generations ago, he was, like, working in the, like, 40s and mm-hmm. 50s, and he worked yep. on the railroad. He, he's a railroad engineer, and he worked outside the majority of his adult life with right. no kind of sun protection yep. at all other than maybe a hat. <laughs> so Got the it. fact so that he, he was... ended up with skin cancer, not a huge surprise. And there's right. a lot of folks in sunnier climates like Australia... Mm-hmm. of that era have you know gotten a form of skin cancer and unfortunately have passed away from it because it's like you know the severity was more because they just had more exposure to the sun so mm-hmm. when i was i lived in australia when i was 10 because my dad's from there and we moved back there when i was 10 they had started a campaign shortly there at the same time which eventually came here to canada because it was so successful called slip slop slap so slip on us slip on a shirt slap on a hat and slop on some sunscreen so those are the three things you can do to help prevent skin cancer is put a shirt on cover your skin so like ideally long sleeve uh, cover as much skin as possible put a hat on (laughs) cover your head and as a fair fair skins person i do not leave my house anytime it's sunny without a hat especially these days Mm -hmm. no hair (laughs) yep Um, but like protect your face folks yeah it's you get one yeah like a baseball hat is not not ideal because it doesn't cover enough face and head and shoulders and ears and stuff oh ears are the worst ears are the worst um but at least it's something ideally a wide brim hat (laughs) yeah and i was um i was working in a high altitude um biological survey team Mm. and i covered my head i had sunscreen on but i had missed the tip of my right ear oh no and after working one day i was so sunburnt the collagen in that ear deformed and it (laughs) took it took like days for my ear to regrow and repair the collagen and for my ear to reform into its original shape. And I was like, well, I just lost like 3% of the stem cells in that part of my body. Yay. <laughs> Not that aged. But, uh, but yeah, and then uh, put on some sunscreen and, and I can't remember the exact um, recommendations these days it's because I always go way above because I am exceptionally fair skinned. Sure. <laughs> um, I usually do like 60 SPF or higher. And mm-hmm. I usually have to use like the hypoallergenic baby stuff because I have exceptionally sensitive skin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think it's at least 30 SPF or higher, depending on 
sure <laughs> your mileage may vary every person is different but yeah put some sunscreen on <laughs> and reapply sure. every couple hours if you're out exercising and getting sweaty <laughs> and and we could we could go on and on oh, about all the different ways to prevent different kinds of cancer yeah. too there's yeah. a lot of good information online too for folks if they want yeah, to google there is and the the canadian cancer society and the bc cancer agency has a well full of information if people want to totally go down that rabbit hole <laughs> i want to toss up an idea to you right before we close because mm -hmm. we only have a few minutes yeah but i just wanted to say this idea that grief is an unmet need for meaning and purpose mm. do you want to talk about that a little bit or do you have you heard about that <sighs> i have not heard of that but it does and it is i think there is that there, there is it is something missing in in the knowledge and um like i can i can offer an example yeah <sighs> Um, so when I first started learning about nonviolent communication and learned about all the different kinds of human needs, mm -hmm. and like there are various systems out there, but NVC is one of the ones I really like. You can get a needs inventory. Um, you can get it online. There's one on my website, mm. intimatevictor.com. You can find it on the resources page slash resources. Um, but uh, I noticed that um, grief was listed as an unmet need mm. for meaning. And I remember that was revelatory for me because whenever I'd grieved in the past, mm -hmm. I hadn't really conceptualized it like that. But being able to sort of take it to a place of like, oh, so if while I'm grieving, I find meaning in that person's life, if I find meaning in what was achieved while I had something, even if I recognize I'm not going to have it anymore, that knowledge of... You know, I, I wasn't entitled to this thing. I just got to have this thing. And it was wonderful while I had it. Yeah. can be so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I will totally agree with that. Um, I think that, and this is something I was thinking about, well, that just occurred to me while you're talking about that, is that grief is often talked about with folks who die in their older years. Like, like they've lived a good life. They've they've been around for a long time. They've done things. They've you know they've lived to like eighty nine or whatever, like or ninety two. They've you know they've they've done their time. I find that grief is often a trickier subject when someone is younger, especially children, because kids kids mm -hmm. kids aren't supposed to like die. They do. They're not so right. like they're right. not supposed to. Uh, or yeah. if someone who's young, like my friend Andrew, he was, I, I think he was 42 and, and died suddenly of a brain aneurysm, stuff like that. That's, that's young. Yeah. That floors people because they suddenly realize that stuff like that could happen to them at any, at any moment. And it's true. Right. And it's totally true. And that is when grief becomes tricky for people because they've suddenly, like, going back to what I was saying earlier, they come to start analyzing and acknowledging their own mortality and that's a scary thing a scary place for people to get to and it, it sure. is it is something that if you don't acknowledge the grief if you don't acknowledge those things they <laughs> grief grief is a patient 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 person thing right it will yes. sit there and it will fester and it will just be there I say this all the time. If you don't make space for your emotions, they will make space for themselves. Totally. And it's, and it's true with any emotion and grief is definitely one of them. The same with like anger or, or like sadness or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is something that I find with 
North American culture and especially as an assigned female birth person is that mm-hmm. often there is no space made for negative emotions. Right. To to acknowledge them, to deal with them, to process them, to even exist that they exist. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and and, and, and like <laughs> I used to have a really yeah. big anger issue when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I, I lashed out. I actually went after my sister with a baseball bat because I didn't deal with my oh, anger. Wow. wow. <laughs> Oops. Um, but, you know, and I've learned that, that, that that's not a healthy thing. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, it's exactly. If you do not deal with your emotions in a healthy way, when they come up, they will come and bite you in the ass. <laughs> They will inject themselves into your life at the most inopportune moment. Oh, yeah. So take, unpack that box while you have space for it. Yeah. Don't wait for it to fall off the shelf and just clock you. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that, and I, I, and I can see it changing because I, I see people I know. And the problem is that I, I fear that my perspective on it is skewed because of the communities I'm involved with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm because of the queer community and the kinky community and the poly mm-hmm. community and the pagan mm-hmm. community and the spoony community. They have a lot of um, it's, it's like that Venn diagram, right? There's, right? there's a lot of overlap between all of those communities and they share a lot of commonalities. And one of those things is talking about like grief and emotions and feelings and stuff like that. And I, so I see a lot of people I know talking about those things, but I worry that mm-hmm. does that translate to the real world? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know if it does. I hope it does. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, because not everybody on my Facebook <laughs> friends list is of those people. Right. I have a lot of friends from school and a lot of friends from like when I was in high school and regular folks, regular right. air quotes, because we're all weird. Yep, totally. <laughs> so I, I, I do my best to, to talk about these things in the bandwidth I'm available to do. Yeah, uh, just to normalize it to normalize it like i I, i've i've talked about my mental health stuff i've talked about my cancer stuff i've talked about like my struggles with my chronic illness stuff with my back stuff i've you know talked about the my the queer stuff like my my Mm -hmm. and this is another podcast for another day um about my gender identity and how it's evolved in the last six years and it's still kind of evolving you know for me um you know, yeah. and right in another, you know, raising two kids in in being a queer parent who's also Pauline and Kiki and et cetera, who are, who, are, who are also both one's trans and the other one's, you know, non, you know, gender non-conforming. Right. <laughs> you know, and raising totally. them in, in this world and too, and who are also uh, people of c- color. My kids are half Filipino, right. <laughs> you know, and I am. I will happily admit, whiter than fucking white. <laughs> right. And trying to deal with that, you know. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that my worldview is a little skewed, but I try and use my voice, especially as a wo- white person. <laughs> sure. Use that, that tiny sliver of privilege I do have. 
right in sort of that white white cluster you have some privilege there it's just yeah. all the like assigned female birth gender not conforming like all the other stuff that... I, I i often joke because like i said if i don't laugh i cry the i yep. often joke about how the only thing i got going for me is the fact i'm whiter than fucking white <laughs> i will use that within an inch of its life <laughs> Yes. And, 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 sometimes sometimes you got to use what you got to stay alive. Yeah. And especially as as someone of my age, I'm older. I'm 44. I have a little bit of privilege in that as seen as somebody who's, you know, older and been around the block. You know, I mm-hmm. have knowledge and experience. I'm like, sure, okay. Go with that. <laughs> <laughs> right you're like yeah we could we could call this knowledge and we can call all that experience i'm good with that yeah so I, I i try and like use those 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 things that privilege to use my voice to educate people and to talk about those things and normalize it um i i'm not right now because i've had to I was on the wait list for school and I'm not at school. And I had also had to stop, not go to school because of my cancer diagnosis. I was running the, the BCIT LGBTQ plus et cetera Mm club at BCIT because I thought that was something that needed to exist and a student has to run it and nobody was running it for several years. And so I was using my sort of privilege as a, person to have that exist and again when i'm at school or at work or out in the public i use my my visible queerness because i am very visibly queer Mm -hmm. as an education tool if people i'm willing to talk to people about my experiences and who i am and correct them on my pronouns and stuff it's exhausting some days (laughs) yeah but i also like if I educate somebody and make them aware of this stuff so that somebody coming after me has an easier time dealing with this, hell yeah, I'm doing that. <laughs> right, right. Like to sort of be that trailblazer that normalizes these things yeah. and makes it easier. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I think I think we are getting to the end of time, though. Yeah. I just know that. Um, yeah, I got to go for dinner. <laughs> Yes, I believe you do. So I didn't want to, as much as I very much love your company and enjoy your conversations, I don't want to make you late. Yes, I will happily chat with you again. (laughs) For sure. Well, thank you so much for all of your time, Sapphire. It was very helpful. Thank you, Victor. It's always lovely to talk to you. And I I miss seeing your face in person. (laughs) I'm missing your face. So how was it, Intimates? Did you love something you heard? Or maybe you're upset by something I said? Leave your comments on facebook.com slash interactions, or you can go to patreon.com slash victorsalmon, where you can find our Discord server. All of these communities are available on intimatepodcast.com, and I genuinely look forward to speaking with you soon. If you liked it, please consider helping us pay for show costs over at Patreon for as little as $1 per month. It's incredibly helpful. It's just a dollar a month. If you can afford it, we would hugely appreciate having your support. And hey, if that doesn't work for you, I completely understand. You can also help out by going to leave a review on iTunes or other favorite social media platform. Social proof like that helps so much with visibility and audience building. It helps other intimacy and relationship nerds find us. And if any of that just sounds like too much work, you can always do something really simple and it still goes a long way. Something like just tapping share and sending an episode that you liked, maybe a favorite, to a friend or partner, or maybe you can send them something you think they might really like. That's probably more considerate. 
thanks so much for your time and for your help in keeping us making more of Intimate Interactions. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. The intro music was Driving in the Rain by Timecrawler, and this outro music is Acoustic Blues by Jason Shaw. <laughs>